Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Welcome today to our Sunday celebration of Mass. Today is the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and as we begin our Mass, we invite the young children to go to the hall where they will celebrate the Word of God on their own. The opening hymn of today's Mass reminds us of the call that God gives to us in our own life. And of course, that comes with the call is the conversion in our own life as well, a uh, change in us. As we begin our Mass then, for perhaps the times in which we've not taken to heart that spirit of conversion in our own life, we once again ask to be forgiven. Lord Jesus, your mighty God and Prince of Peace, Lord of mercy. Lord Jesus, your word of God made flesh and splendor of the Father, Christ of mercy. Lord Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life, Lord of mercy. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord 
upon us, O God, creator and ruler of all things, and that we may feel the working of your mercy, grant that we may serve you with all our heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord has opened my ear. For my part, I made no resistance, neither did I turn away. I offered my back to those who struck me, my cheeks to those who tore at my beard. I did not cover my face against insult and spittle. The Lord comes to my help, so that I am untouched by the insults. So too I set my face like flint. I know I shall not be shamed. My vindicator is here at hand. Does anyone start proceedings against me? Then let us go to court together. Who thinks he has a case against me? Let him approach me. The Lord is coming to my help. Who dare condemn me? The word of the Lord. I will live in your presence, O Lord. I will live in your presence, O Lord. I love the Lord, for he has heard the cry of my appeal. For he turned his ear to me in the day when I called him. of death with the anguish of the tomb. They caught me sorrow and distress. I called on the Lord's name. O Lord, my God, deliver me. I will live in the presence, O Lord. How gracious is the Lord and just compassion. The Lord protects the simple hearts. I was helpless, so he saved me. I will live in your presence, O Lord. He has kept my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. I will live in your presence, O Lord. A reading from the letter of St. James. Take the case, my brothers, of someone who has never done a single good act but claims that he has faith. Will that faith save him? If one of the brothers or one of the sisters is in need of clothes and has not enough food to live on, and one of you says to them, I wish you well, keep yourself warm and eat plenty, without giving them these bare necessities of life, then what good is that? Faith is like that. If good works do not go with it, it is quite dead. This is the way to talk to people of that kind. You say you have faith and I have good deeds. I will prove to you that I have faith by showing you my good deeds. Now you prove to me that you have faith without any good deeds to show. The word of the Lord.
Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left for the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he put this question to his disciples. Who do the people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, they said. Others, Elijah, or others again, one of the prophets. But you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Peter spoke up and said to him, you are the Christ. And he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man was destined to suffer grievously, to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and to be put to death. And after three days to rise again. And he said all of this quite openly. Then taking him aside, Peter started to remonstrate with him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, because the way you think is not God's way but man's. He called the people and the disciples to him and said, If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let them renounce themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For anyone who wants to save their life will lose it, but anyone who loses their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. Later on this week, the church will celebrate the feast of St. Matthew. And I think everybody knows uh, something about St. Matthew, disciple, apostle, and also evangelist as well. But we know also about Matthew himself, is that he is the tax collector who changes his ways and, of course, becomes a follower of Jesus. If you are ever to visit Rome then I recommend to you visiting the Church of San Luigi. It is the Church of the French nation. And in Rome itself, uh, many of the churches belong to different nations and, of course, uh, uh, are attended by uh, these uh, different people. Inside this church, as in all of the churches in Rome, there are small side chapels with altars for masses to be celebrated Normally in the past, these small side chapels belonged to certain individuals, to families, or to patrons who kind of owned them. In the church of San Luigi, nearest the main altar, there is a side chapel dedicated to St. Matthew. And the chapel, this chapel, was owned uh, and had as its patron a 16th century cardinal named Matthew Contarelli. Out of affection for this saint, and the fact that his Christian name was Matthew, he dedicated the chapel to St. Matthew. After his death, he willed that certain pieces of art should decorate the church itself, and those who were his executors uh, kind of applied what was his wish. And what was his wish? That three different paintings would be put into this chapel, one of the conversion of St. Matthew, one of St. Matthew himself writing the Gospel, and one of Matthew's martyrdom. The executors themselves turned to a fiery painter of the time called Caravaggio, and he was to execute paintings, these three paintings, which were to become three of the most famous paintings in all of Rome. And even today, large crowds gather around them in awe, in the same way as they do in the chapel of the Sistine Chapel itself, uh, looking at the ceiling and the Last Judgment. The executors, though, I have to tell you, were a bit prissy and prudish as well and scrupulous. The painting of St. Matthew himself writing the Gospel, uh, they got him to repaint this uh, particular painting because Matthew is seen, uh, in the first instance, crossing his legs. Apparently, it's not appropriate for a saint to cross his legs. Don't ask me what that is all about. 
But the main painting of, of the three of them, and the one that uh, draws most people's attention, is the conversion of St. Matthew. That moment in which Matthew himself comes to the crossroads of his life and, of course, changes from being the dishonest tax collector to the disciple and the follower of the Lord. As so often, as you might know about Caravaggio, he paints paintings in dark and light. There's a group of men who are gathered in one corner of the painting, dressed in clothes of the 16th century. It's obvious that they're in a bar or a tavern. The group are young men and old men, and they are seated at the table drinking and perhaps playing a game of cards. And in the shadow of the room itself is Jesus himself uh, with Peter. Uh, The the people at the table are are dressed in 16th century clothes, but Jesus, strangely enough, is dressed in 1st century clothes, uh, flowing garments. There is a window clearly that is high in the painting itself, and it casts a beam or a shard of light right over the painting itself into the group of the men who are sitting at the table. And it's almost as if then there is a greater darkness in the painting outside of this light. And what we see then is Jesus himself raising his hand, pointing to one of the men sitting at the table, and the man himself pointing to himself, kind of asking, is it me? Is it me that you're pointing at? The outstretched arm itself and that pointed finger is meant to kind of recall, if you like, Michelangelo's great painting in the Sistine Chapel, the finger of God that touches Adam and gives him life, that divine choice and that divine election. It's meant to recall that. What this painting is, is an amazing painting. It's an amazing painting that recalls darkness and light, and the faces themselves are faces that even today we would recognise, old and young, human faces that convey deep and dark emotions, surprise, regret, disinterest, and so on. And you can feel in the painting itself, as you look into it, a kind of cramped and airless atmosphere of the dark tavern, lit by this one single beam that comes from the window. But most of all, today, what I want uh, to tell you about is that it conveys something which is a Christian message. And it conveys that message of conversion, that moment when all of us understand that we are at the crossroads. The raised arm, the finger pointing of Jesus that singles out, chooses the person, chooses you and me. That feeling that one is pointed out, and of course, that one person also becomes you or me. That sense that God himself has chosen us, not in a moment in which perhaps we might be kneeling or praying or doing something which is good, but rather in the midst of life, in a tavern, playing cards, counting your money there with your friends. St. Paul, in the letter to the Romans, in chapter 5, verse 8, says something about this painting and about the moment of conversion. While we were still in our sins, Christ died for us. He chose us not because we are good, not because we might be doing something good or in the midst of good things, but he chooses us just because we are and just because of his love. I don't know if you know this, but the present Pope himself has a great devotion to St. Matthew and particularly to the story of St. Matthew's conversion. He often tells the story that as a young man, he went to a church one day when they were reading the story of the conversion of St. Matthew and it had a profound effect on him. And what he says today is that it, in a certain way, uh, meant a kind of personal conversion for himself and he tracks his own vocation from that moment itself. He sensed too that the words were directed to him, that the Lord himself looked with compassion in him and chose him. Every Pope has a coat of arms, and on the coat of arms of Pope Francis, there is a small uh, phrase that is written there that is from St. Bede, who is an English monk of the 
Middle Ages. And it's about a sermon that St. Bede himself gave. And the words are simply this in Latin, Miserando et eligendo. And what that means is that uh, he looks with compassion and he chooses him. These are the words that Pope Francis himself has chosen for himself. With compassion he looks on him and he chooses him. There is something about that moment, that crossroads moment that comes to us in all our life. That moment of conversion. That moment when you realise that the words themselves are actually directed to you. That his gaze is directed to you. That the words are spoken actually to you. That that finger is pointing in your direction. And it doesn't need to come in the most holy of moments. It doesn't come when you are on your knees praying. But it comes in the midst of life. For Matthew, it comes in that dark, airless tavern, dimly lit, where he's counting his money and when he's playing his cards. It can come any time and at any place. Today's gospel that we've listened to also has that sense of being at the crossroads. Jesus and his disciples are on the road, as we heard. They're at uh, Caesarea Philippi. But in that uh, road itself, they're also at a crossroads in Jesus' ministry. The road that he is now about to take is a road to his death and also to great punishment. And Peter himself doesn't want Jesus to take this road but he wants him to take another road. But Jesus takes this road and the disciples follow him, bewildered, sad and afraid of what is to come. One of the things that all of us know about in our own life is that there are many crossroads that we have to come to. There are many times in which we come to a point in the road and wonder where this particular road will take us. Will we turn to left? Or will we turn to right? Will we go straight ahead? Or will we backtrack and go back the way? Whatever road you take, you realise then that you know that it will set your own future. There is a chance that you will make the right decision. But there is an equal chance that you will also make a wrong decision which cannot be undone. How many times people like yourself and myself have wondered whether we've taken the right road and made the right choice. Matthew and Peter and his disciples also sense that being at the crossroads. Matthew in his tavern, Peter and his apostles on the road to Caesarea Philippi. Following Jesus would change their lives. Taking this road would change everything. You might ask, is there a right road to take in life or is there a wrong road? Or is there just the road? Are we fated to take that road which we are on and just to follow it? Does it turn out that we are lucky people or unlucky people? Is there one road to take or is there another? Or do all roads actually lead in the same place? All of us throughout our lives have come to those crossroads in life and are faced with those amazing choices which road to take and which direction to go in. For Matthew and the apostles and Peter, uh, there seems to be no other option to take the road with Jesus. No other way to go, no other road, no other road that makes sense. To take that road with Jesus, then, you have to give a nod to a certain thing. You have to give a nod to faith. Faith that will be your map, faith that will be your compass, Faith that will direct your steps. Faith that is important and must show itself in good works, as the reading of today's Mass says. And taking this road, as Matthew takes it, and of course Peter and the Apostles take it, you're taking a risk. You're taking a risk on this road because you do not know where it will lead you. In the dark tavern painted by Caravaggio in that painting that I mentioned to you at the beginning. He's playing cards. He's counting his money. And of course, the Lord himself points Matthew out. He's the one that's chosen. He's the one that is invited to take the road with him. 
And what we simply hear then is that Matthew leaves the table, he leaves his money, leaves his cards, leaves his game, leaves his friends, to where he doesn't know he's going, to what he has to do, he has no idea. He simply leaves everything and takes to the road. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, and through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The psalm today reminds us that the Lord turns his ear to us. He hears our cries and listens to our appeals. We ask him then once again to listen to our prayers. For all those facing natural disasters, especially those in the Philippines, China and the USA, who are enduring hurricane winds, typhoons and terrible flooding, that they will reach places of safety and that help will come to them to rebuild their lives. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who lead governments around the world, that they will make wise decisions for the good of their people. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For all those who recognise that they are crossroads in life, for the ability to make the right choice of road to follow and the right way to go. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For those who grieve the loss of a family member and who miss that person in their life, that faith will bring comfort and consolation to all those who are mourning at this time. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For all who work in our local community and who make it a good place to live, for all who contribute to the life of our town and work hard to make it a true community where people are respected and all live in harmony. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. For all who have died, especially Peter Lynch, Gerard Flanagan, Patrick Keown, and Joseph Mulroney, and all that we are asked to remember. Lord, hear us. St. James reminds us that there is no good saying that you have faith if you do not have good works. Almighty God, transform our faith. Let it not be mere words or pious thoughts or good intentions but let it be shown and burn brightly in our deeds and in our actions. And let us also take the road with your Son, as Matthew and Peter and the Apostles did, a road that leads to the cross and that dying to self to which you call each of us, through Christ our Lord. Please join in hymn number 740, Will You Come and Follow Me? Self behind. 
brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look with favour on our supplications, O Lord, and in your kindness accept these, your servants' offerings, that what each has offered to the honour of your name may serve the salvation of all. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just to give you thanks and to raise a hymn of glory and praise, O Lord, Father of infinite goodness. For by your word of your Son's gospel, you have brought together one church from every people, tongue, and nation. And having filled our life with the power of the Spirit, you never cease through her to gather the whole human race into one. Manifesting the covenant of your love, she dispenses without ceasing the blessed hope of your kingdom and shines bright as the sign of your faithfulness, which in Christ Jesus our Lord you promised would last for all eternity. And so with all the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth, while with all of the church, as with one voice we acclaim. Love the human race and who always walk with us in the journey of life. Blessed indeed is your Son present in our midst when we are gathered by his love, and when, as once for the disciples, so now for us, he opens the scriptures and breaks the bread. Therefore, Father, most merciful, we ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit to sanctify these gifts of bread and wine, that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And on the day before he was to suffer, on the night of the Last Supper, he took bread and said the blessing, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. 
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, gave you thanks, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your Therefore, Holy Father, as we celebrate the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Saviour, whom you led through his passion and death on the cross, to the glory of the resurrection, and whom you have seated at your right hand, we proclaim the work of your love until he comes again, and we offer you bread of life and the chalice of blessing. Look with favour on the offering of your church, in which we show forth the paschal sacrifice of Christ that has been handed on to us. And granted by the power of the spirit of your love, we may be counted now and until the day of eternity among the members of your Son, in whose body and blood we have communion. Lord, renew this church by the light of the gospel and strengthen the bonds of unity between the faithful and the pastors of your people, together with Francis, our Pope, and Joseph, our Bishop, whole order of bishops, that in a world torn by strife, your people may shine forth as a prophetic sign of unity and concord. Remember our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the peace of Christ and all the dead whose faith you alone have known. Admit them to rejoice in the light of your face and in the resurrection give them the fullness of life. And grant also to us when our earthly pilgrimage is done that we may come to an eternal dwelling place and live with you forever. There in communion with the Blessed Virgin, Mother of God, Joseph, her, Joseph, her spouse, the apostles and martyrs, Bride and Andrew and Margaret, and Columbia, Columba and Ninian, and Matthew and Bede, and all the saints, we shall praise and exalt you through Jesus Christ, your Son. Through him, and with him, and in him. O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin, and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And now let's offer one another a sign of peace and friendship.
misereando et eligendo, having compassion, he chose him. Happy are those who are called to his supper. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter into my life.
please join in hymn number 696, Turn to Me. Let us pray. May the working of these heavenly gifts, O Lord, we pray, take possession of our minds and bodies so that their effects and not our own desires may always prevail in us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go forth. The Mass is ended. Please join in our final hymn, number 706, Walk With Me, O My Lord. Mm-hmm.